When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you to another edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I'm the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, which is celebrating its 25th year in publication. And since we last spoke here on this podcast, has had a couple of very nice pieces of recognition to that regard. Lisa Goitsch is alongside, as always, my friend and producer of the podcast. Lisa, I don't know if you caught the uh, CBS Sunday morning. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, then you probably saw the piece that Tech Popple did with me about the 25th anniversary. Yes, I did. It was really good. Very nice to see Ted again. Of course, Ted was, you know, in, in, a, in a certain way responsible for everything having to do with Tuesdays with Maury yeah. because it was his initial Nightline program where he was talking to Maury about what it was like to die from ALS that caught my eye and made me realize that Maury was sick in the first place. I had lost touch with him and it had been 16 years since I had seen him. And I was able to get back in touch with him again. And I got to know Ted actually through all the Tuesdays that I spent with Maury. And he and I became friends throughout the process. And uh, I ended up being the last guest on Nightline when that show went off the air after many decades, because uh, the Maury segments were the most popular segments that they had done. And they wanted to revisit it. And they thought, well, Rather than have a political guest or some big celebrity, they would have me, <laughs> of which so I am good. neither. And so uh, I've always known Ted over the years. And then CBS Sunday Morning was kind enough to do this piece on the 25th anniversary. And Ted and I got to sit with each other again. Um, he did leave me with something that wasn't on there. I've been I've been teased uh, in the in, uh, in the I know it is. <laughs> he, he said, uh, now, Mitch, you're a good writer, but you're no Mark Twain. I uh, wanted and, to pull and, uh, that out and make a meme of that and put it on our group page. It it cracked yeah. me up. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've How did heard, you I've feel about it. that? <laughs> um, well, I'm not Mark Twain, so it didn't hurt my feelings, but I'm not sure he had to point it out to everybody. Uh, but well, what, let me just ask you this. This is just a quick aside. When, cause when he, I, I've watched that like 60 times already, that interview, but um, when he first said it, and did you think, oh, this is like, what a nice compliment. You're a great writer, Mitch. Pause. Well, first of all, he didn't say you're <laughs> or, a great writer. He said you're a good writer. Oh. <laughs> and then it was immediately followed up with a but. So I didn't have a lot of uh, time to revel in that. But I, that's okay. I'm pretty secure in my writing abilities, what they are and what they aren't. And not being Mark Twain is, is fine. Uh, but I'll tell you, um, that wasn't the comment that stung me. The comment that stung me never got on the air. Oh, uh, boy. The comment that stung me was when I sat down. I hadn't seen him in a little while. And as those of you who have seen the videos of me lately or whatever, I have this mustache goatee thing right. going that I tried to grow during COVID. And it, it took me like six, seven months. I could never grow it any other time in my life because it grows so slowly. But because it grew in COVID when I was in hiding, I was able to 
develop something that you can actually see. And, and yes. so I've had it for maybe two years. And Ted hadn't seen me with this. And when I sat down with him, he looked at me and he said, it's somewhat diabolical, isn't it? Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I thought, That's okay, funny. I really don't want to be diabolical. I don't want to look That's like the devil. Funny. And uh, so now I've been seriously thinking about shaving this off. And in oh, fact, no. I wanted I to shave it. it off. Oh no, I wanted to shave it off before the Today Show, which was a few days later. And uh, I said, well, I'm not going to go on national TV twice and and have this on and have Hoda Kotb and, and, and Jenna Bush say to me, uh, it's somewhat diabolical, isn't it? I didn't want <laughs> so, uh, but Janine talked me out of it, my wife, because she said, well, don't shave it off for no reason. Make, you know, make some money for charity by shaving it off or, or let the kids in Haiti shave it off and have some fun. So I thought, all right, I'll wait till I go back to Haiti and I'll let them shave it off. So, oh my goodness. Uh, do I'm they gonna, know how to use a razor? I hope. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to let the little kids do it. Okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyhow, it, 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 it was a great, uh, both of those things, the Today Show and Hoda and Jenna are ex- so extraordinarily nice. And they celebrated the book and, and, and Ted and I had a good, long, in-depth conversation about what it is that attracts people to Tuesdays with Maury, even after all these years. And I said it again, that there was a certain universality of the lessons that Maury taught. And I want to share one with you today that is most certainly universal and, and is, is timely uh, for those particularly of the Jewish faith, because uh, as this airs, we'll be, uh, we'll be within 24 hours of Yom Kippur, which in the Jewish tradition is the most serious and, and, and highest of all the holidays of the calendar. And it is called the Day of Atonement. That's what Yom Kippur means. Yom is day and Kippur is atonement. The Day mm-hmm. of Atonement, the day of saying you're sorry. And there are some beautiful traditions in the Jewish faith with regard to forgiveness that I think are pertinent to all of us listening today, whether you're of Jewish faith or, or never even heard of it before. Because the idea of forgiving, the idea of saying you're sorry, the idea of, of forgiving not only others, but even yourself, is something that we need to spend time on and, and probably don't spend as much as we should. So in the Jewish faith, during uh, Yom Kippur, the actual holiday, you go to synagogue, you fast. I'm sure people are familiar with that. You don't eat. Mori, of course, was born Jewish. So I don't know how many Yom Kippurs he he celebrated or didn't. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't particularly religious. But the, on that day, traditionally, you don't eat. You fast. You ask forgiveness. You go to the synagogue. You you pray and you say you're sorry to God for all the various sins. And there is a list of them. I mean, there's a long, 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 long list of them. Oh, so and they're pre-written. They're pre-written. They're pre-written. Sins? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pre-written sins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I, I think if if people again, Jewish, non-Jewish were to uh, go down the list, go down the list. Yeah. There's actually a list of sins that you go through. Uh, I have the list in front of me here. Now it's way too long to read all of them, but here is some of them. I'm not going to read you the whole list. Uh, for the sin which we have committed by hard heartedness, for the sin which we have committed with utterance of the lips, with immorality, mm. with knowledge and with deceit, by deceiving a fellow man, by improper thoughts, by disrespect for teachers and parents, by coercing someone, 
by foolish talk, by evil inclination, by false denial and lying, by taking or bribe giving, by business dealings, uh, by eating and drinking. I don't know. I'm committed what to is that, that one? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> taking someone else's food. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. By the prattle of our lips, by the glance of an eye, by proud oh. looks, by impudence. I mean, there's, there's these go on and on and on. So now, basically, it, by the time you've gone through all of these, you've covered most of the potential sins and you've said you're sorry. Uh, oh, so you and, just have to apologize. You don't have to acknowledge necessarily that you did these. Well, you are acknowledging them by, by saying them for okay. this sin, for this sin, for this sin. And then you say, please forgive me for all of these okay. sins. So you basically okay. are saying, if, and, and there's also, which is, I think, very important, the, the things you have done wrong that you know about, and then the things that you have done wrong that you don't know about, but you right. still did them wrong. So I was t- saying that there are some nice traditions. So that tradition is one, and that's more of a religious tradition, but, but, but more of a secular tradition is that you are supposed to go to everybody in your circle. That means your family, your loved ones, but also your coworkers or the people that you have dealings with, and say to them, if there is anything that I have done to you over the course of the last year that I knew about or that I didn't know about, if I've hurt you in any way, if I've wronged you in any way, please forgive me. Ah. And by doing this, you have fulfilled a certain obligation by you being the one to ask for forgiveness. Interesting. Yeah. And I I do find that interesting. Now, you might say, well, what happens if I ask somebody to forgive me and they don't want to? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Maury and I talked about that, too. And he would say the most important thing is that you tried. Listen to him recount a story with me uh, about someone who he didn't even realize he might have wronged uh, until a lot of time had passed. Listen. I don't know if I told you that story about one of the members of my department with whom I didn't have much interaction because we were different wavelengths. Mm. He's a very ambitious, very sort of uh, making it in the profession mm-hmm. kind of guy and very self-interested. And I just didn't have much to do with him. Mm-hmm. And we said hello and that's it. Well, when he heard I was sick, he wrote me a note. And I thought, okay, that's a nice gesture. And I wrote him back a note mm-hmm. saying, I feel sorry that we've kept such distance such a distance between us. And maybe we could get together if that's what you'd like. Well, he wrote back saying, yes, he's on leave or something. Well, it's never happened, but that's okay. I feel good about what I did. Mm-hmm. Saying we don't have to be children about this. Right. And that's what I mean about forgiveness or in that mode. You grow up and you try to reconcile or resolve. If they get resolved, fine. If they don't, fine. You've done what I consider a mature thing. And that's what it's all about. Trying to do the appropriate thing. So this is a very important point, that when it comes to saying you're sorry, Mm -hmm. the goal is not 
necessarily to get the other person to say, that's all right, I forgive you. Right. Because some people never ask someone for forgiveness because they don't think they're going to get it. Have you ever said to somebody, well, did you apologize to them? Oh, what's the point? They're just going to be mad at me. They're not going to forgive me. Then what's the point? The point is that it's not just about what they say to you. It's about you recognizing that you need to shed this. Ah, You need uh to get this out. You need to ask to be forgiven. Because by asking to be forgiven, you are what? You are acknowledging that you have done something. Which, yes. No matter how much you may say, yeah, I know I was wrong to, I was wrong to, but you know, I'm not going to apologize. It's over, and it's not going to get me anywhere anyhow. By doing that, you're still keeping something inside. You say that you know you were wrong, but you haven't said it out loud. You haven't yes. said it to anyone else. So by going and saying it out loud, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You have done something that is not tethered to whether they say, okay, yes, I forgive you. They could say, oh, well, it's about time or, you know, no, I'm not going to forgive you or it's taking you too long. You still did the right thing, the appropriate thing, as Maury said. And that's important. Yes. By just apologizing and just say I was wrong. Right. By acknowledging Acknowledge- that you have done something. So the yes. same thing that drives Jewish people into the synagogue to stand there before God, as opposed to, let's say, Somebody might say, well, look, God knows my thoughts. If I just sit here and say, you know, in my mind, I, you know, forgive me, God, I messed up again. Uh, you're God, I'm human, so forgive me. God should know. Why do I have to go and stand in a, in a, in, in a place with other people? Ah, because by doing that, you are really making the acknowledgement. You are actually saying the word. You're not maybe thinking it in a fleeting thought. You're saying the words out loud. There's no denying if you say, you know, for this sin and this sin, and I did this, I did this, please forgive me. Right. You're asking for forgiveness. And the act of asking for forgiveness, I have found, is so cleansing, Lisa, so cleansing. The act of asking someone, please forgive me. When you talk about it in a podcast, it just sounds like words. Three words, please forgive me. But when you are in a feud with somebody, fight, argument, disagreement, long time, and you finally say to them, please forgive me, you will feel air literally go out of your, of your pores. You will yeah. feel a, 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 a like, wow, wow. You know, like they say in the movies, wow, it felt so good to get that off my chest. That kind of feeling will come when you recognize those words. And I think that that's the wisdom of this particular element of the Jewish faith, that they know that to get you to say those words out loud is is half the battle. Yes. And so they they create these traditions. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. There's another tradition called uh, Tashlich, 
which is the throwing that that word in, in it's a Hebrew word. It means the throwing away of something. And what you're supposed to do is during the time between the new year and Yom Kippur, which is 10 days, you're supposed to go to symbolically, they always went to a river and you're right. supposed to take anything that's in your pockets, junk, you know, trash, pieces of bread, whatever you might have and throw it into the river. You're supposed to, by the way, leave your iPhone at home and all this. Right. Stuff. I was going to say, Not there's a lot of things, money, your wallet. Right. And no, plus no, just the loose stuff that's in your jacket pocket or things like the that. Poor <laughs> yeah, the poor river. Yeah, the poor river, really. I know. I'm sure there'll be ecologists <laughs> that'll jump all over this. Yeah. But, but that's the tradition. And, the, and, and, and in it, you are supposed to, um, by doing that, it's actually a lot of people take pebbles or breadcrumbs and mm -hmm. they, they just throw them so they don't have to you know, throw their wallet out. So it's but symbolic. It's yeah. symbolic of throwing off the things that you did wrong of the last year and throwing ah. them into the river. And what happens when they go into a river? They, they wash go away. down the river. Right. They wash away. Exactly. They're forgiven. And that's what happens when you say you're sorry. Uh, it's washed away. And it's a very, very uh, soothing and cleansing kind of tradition to just sort of throw pebbles or breadcrumbs and wash. There they go. There's the things yeah. I did wrong this past year. They're gone. I can let them go. I've asked for forgiveness and I'm seeking forgiveness. And, and that's a really critical thing is to recognize them, cast them off and let them wash away. Because right. I can't tell you how many people are out there who regret things in their lives and they have been collecting their regrets for years. If yes. there was such a thing as hoarding, for regrets. I know lots of people <laughs> who are hoarders. They hang on to their regrets for years. This tradition of every year, take something that symbolizes and throw it in the river. And that's it for that year. It washes yep. away. Clear yourself out because you know what? You're going to have more regrets this year. You're going to have more things that you do wrong. You're going to make mistakes. You're human. But if you keep right. piling them on top of your past, I know people were still saying, I, I feel so bad for when I was 18. And I did. it's like, when you were 18, you haven't let that go already? You should have put that in the river a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, living it's in like the desert? <laughs> so no body of water nearby you? It's like cleaning out a refrigerator, really. You know what I mean? When you bring home new groceries and you have to clean out the old groceries to yeah. make room for the new stuff that's gone yeah. bad. It's the same concept, really. That's how I'm picturing this. Yeah. So Clear you should just out. out with the old. Here come the new. That's it. Every Don't year. Stack it up. Now, the last most important part, because we're talking about forgiving. You know, I did this to somebody. I did this to somebody. I did this to somebody. Now, forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. I asked Maury about this. What about forgiving yourself? Very important. Mm. For all the mistakes you made, for all the things you did you shouldn't have, for all the things you did that you should have, forgive yourself. Don't get stuck on your regrets about what the things were that could have been different. It's all water under the bridge. So just leave it what it was. Forgive yourself and go on. Now, this is a really critical thing because people, sometimes there are people who will just 
go over to other people and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I'm sorry, please forgive me. And they say, okay, sorry. But they don't forgive themselves. They're still angry at themselves for not doing this, for not achieving more, for not accomplishing more, for not being uh, a better this or a better that or a bigger this or bigger that. Even Maury, you know, we, we talk about Maury as if he's some kind of Yoda. Of course, he had plenty of his own regrets. I asked him specifically. What did you have to forgive yourself for? Uh, uh, I should have written more books. Mm. Well, you're making up for that one. <laughs> I should have had a more open heart than I did. In a sense, I gave a lot, a lot, but I didn't let myself take it. As much I was being given back, uh, I didn't develop my intellect as much as I could have. I could have been much uh, more, quote, brilliant, unquote, than I let myself be because I'd rather spend it on the heart than in the head. Maybe I made the right choice anyway. Uh, I think that gives you a little sample of the things that I've forgiven myself for. Forget it, you know, it's like, it's all done, it's all gone. So you see, uh, he's got a laundry list too. We all have a laundry list of things that we need to forgive ourselves for. Forgive ourselves for. Forgive ourselves for. And, and, and it's, sometimes it's the things that we did and sometimes it's things that we didn't do. People that we didn't talk to. I had to forgive myself, and it took me a long time, for not seeing Maury for 16 years, even though I had gone back to see him. And I remember saying to him at one point, you know, I'm so sorry that I didn't come back sooner. And this was already, we had been together for a long time visiting for a long time. And I said, I'm so sorry that it took me all this time. We didn't get together sooner. And he said, I forgive you, Mitch. I forgave you a long time ago. Ah, wow. And, and, and see, that showed me that Maury had already forgiven me, even though I hadn't asked for it. Yeah. If he hadn't forgiven me, he could have said to me when I contacted him, Oh, now you're calling. No, thank you. I don't need you now. Where were you before? But he didn't. He forgave right, me, and that's right. why he let me in. He talked wow. more about, about the kind of regrets that he had with people that he had done that with himself. There are certain friends I was mean to that I forgave myself for after I went and apologized to them. And uh, people that I could have been nicer to, but sort of brushed off. I used to brush off women a lot. Women? Yeah, when they came on strong, I couldn't stand it. Huh. They were too aggressive. So, I'm sorry about that, because I closed off opportunities to, you know, maybe they would have been interesting people. Mm -hmm. So, the big deal is, really in the people area, the people I rejected or was mean to or what have you, I feel very sorry about. And most of them had to do with people you know, who were 
rejecting of me. And so that was all, from my point of view, silly stuff. But you get caught in that web. Pride plays too big a role. And I'm not going to say it first. He or she has to do it first. That's absurd. Now I see it. You take the step. You take the step. Very, very important advice. I, I've told the story, but it bears repeating, that I never saw Maury cry, ever, ever, deeper, louder, more passionately than when he told me the story of his friend Norman, oh, who yeah. had been a good friend, and, and, and they had spent many years together. He was an amateur sculptor. He sculpted a bust of Maury one time. They were real good pals, and then Norman moved away, and and when Maury's wife got sick, he didn't call immediately, and Maury took offense to that and was mad at him and, and never really forgave him, even in all their subsequent conversations. It was always, you know, Maury, I still feel bad about that. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Well, Norman did the right thing. He apologized. As we've said here, he did the appropriate thing. It was Maury who was hard-hearted. And then when I visited Maury, he started to cry when he's telling me the story and said that he found out that Norman had died from cancer. And he said, I never had the chance to make it up to him. Why did I let that foolish, foolish disagreement separate us for all these years? It means nothing to me now. All I wish is that I could have held his hand one more time and told him what a good friend he was, but I can't and I never will. And those kinds of regrets, those are the things you're really going to regret. Not having the chance to say you're sorry will be something mm -hmm. that will haunt you much more than saying you're sorry. If you think it feels bad now to, I don't want to eat crow, I don't want to humble myself in front of somebody else, that's going to feel bad. Trust me, when yep. you get to the end of your life, what you're really going to feel bad about is that you don't have the opportunity anymore to say you're sorry. Don't let those opportunities go. This once a year thing that the Jewish people have figured out, it's, it's a good idea because everybody once a year should take stock ask for forgiveness, seek forgiveness, make sure you, you, you say you're sorry to the people you need to say you're sorry to, get yourself right with God if you're a religious person, and then forgive yourself, throw everything in the river, let it wash away, and start the new year off with a clean slate. Forgiveness is a gift especially when it's given, but even the act of asking for it is, is a cleansing rinse of some kind. And I highly, highly recommend it. Whether you're Jewish or otherwise, it makes no difference. You can, you can pick any day of the year and say, okay, this is going to be my day of atonement. <laughs> that's true. Right? Any day of the year. So we hope that that's of some help. Again, thank you everybody for all the kind words about the 25th anniversary edition of Tuesdays with Maury, the new version of it, which has a new chapter at the end. And it's, uh, do you know that that book went to number one on Amazon? After wow. 25 years, yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Ah, uh, Maury, Somebody, think about uh, what Maury would think about that. Uh, yeah, 25 years later. He'd love that. that really that's crazy. I was well, stunned you, when I, somebody sent me that. That's amazing. Well, you know, I've seen so many people on our our page and everything. People are going out and buying new copies of it, the new version, the 25th anniversary version. And then I saw some of the people that showed up at your event on the TV 
I think it was on the uh, CBS Sunday morning one. Yeah. Where where the person had that like totally like worn down copy of your book. I'm like, this yeah. person must have read this like 500 times. Exactly. Some of these, some of these are really, they've been through the ringer. Some of these. Yeah. yeah it's like down the river. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyhow, that's going to do it for today's show. We, we thank you for joining us. We appreciate your spending time with us. If you like what you saw or listened to, then uh, please check us out at wetuesdaypeople.com. We'll be back with another edition of this show next week. Until then, on behalf of Lisa Goyts, my producer, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.